Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. The Bigger Picture with Ryan Huang. Money FM 89.3, good morning. It's The Breakfast Huddle. Elliot Danka, Bharati Jatish, and Ryan Huang with you. Time now for The Bigger Picture. And an air of caution as we start the week. Mm-hmm. Among the reasons for this, geopolitics, US data due out, and bond yields going up. But I understand that there is some good news that you think we certainly should be tracking, Ryan. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So we are zooming in as well on the VTL expansion to nine more countries. Of course, we are talking about Canada, Denmark, France, Italy, the Netherlands, South Korea, Spain, the UK, and the US um, on top of the ongoing arrangements with Brunei and Germany. So it could be good news for some companies and sectors and to get a bigger picture we've got Kelvin Wong he is an analyst at CMC Marcus morning Kelvin how are you doing today hi good morning great and excited to kickstart the week here have you started to make any holiday plans yet? Uh, not yet, unfortunately. <laughs> because the, as you know, that over the weekend, the, the SIA website is down. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah it's been uh, under pressure from a flood of visitors to his website. So let's talk about that. Now, it's good news for travel and hospitality. So what are you looking out for in terms of impact on our markets? I'm wondering, would this be then bad news for spending where it's being taken away from shopping, retail in the fourth quarter and then um, bad news for REITs? Is that what can expect? Well, I believe that if you look at from a sentiment perspective, that it definitely is a kind of a, uh, a bit of a reversal from a negative sentiment to a positive sentiment, at least in the short term. So perhaps it's very interesting to see how the performance of such impacted stocks performs uh, much later, especially uh, more related rates, and as well as the share price of SIA uh, when the market is open later at about half an hour from mm. now. Yeah. So, but on top of that, right, we also have other global macro concern that is still lingering on the horizon, like we mentioned earlier mm-hmm. on the start of the show, would be the global increase, a surge in global treasury yields. So, that actually implies the risk of heightened inflation as well. So, as we know that over the past few decades, Singapore is very sensitive to a higher inflation rate, which gradually eat into our economic growth in at least the medium term to a from a medium-term perspective. So right now, the markets are actually balancing out the, the pros and the cons from this, this particular two uh, type of war. So on one hand, we have a short-term positive sentiment from these new policies of this vaccine-approved um, uh, travel links between uh, the respective countries and us. And on the other hand, we've got to be concerned about these uh, lingering global macro uh, headwinds that are still... Uh, prevalent in the market and in fact it seems to to me that this risk of inflation is uh, is indeed picking up if, if you look from the uh, various uh, financial instruments especially uh, from the US Treasury bond uh, one, one example one particular gauge I'm looking at is the fire break even so what I'm saying about fire break even is actually telling us what is the market expect five years from now the US inflation rate on average so on last Friday right yep. despite a weaker non-farm payroll data the Fire break even for the inflation rate for US actually stood at 2.64% based on Friday close. So this 2.64% actually break out. It's a bullish breakout from a three-month range that is in place since July this year. And it, it broke above this July high of 2.55. So that actually, according to 2.55, uh, my, my point is 2.59. So what it, it seems to me that markets right now is actually implying that, hey, the Expected inflation rate in the next five years is about to go up. Number one is due to these higher energy prices, and also there's uh, some structural risks uh, in the economy due to this global supply chain crunch. So all these right could actually imply that the Fed, the Fed itself, the hands are tied. So 
they may be forced to actually heighten tighten their we call it the hawkish stance. But for now, for sure that we know that the Fed will start to temper before this year ends. So that's bigger puzzle on the yeah uh, this uh, so called more hawkish monetary policy stance will be when will they start their first interest rate? Yeah, that's time. right, Kevin. Yeah. Yeah, you mentioned a big job miss. So it was around 194,000, just yes. really falling short of that 500,000 forecast. And you talk about rising bond yields. It's now at over 1.6% for the 10-year bonds. That is a nearly four-month high. So in yep. light of that, with that backdrop, you've got earnings coming out. Who will be the winners and losers of this backdrop? Because you've got the banks kicking off the um, yes. results. Mm, yeah, so what, what we could see over here is definitely we talk about for me, uh, at least from a short-term perspective, the banks will stand to gain because through net interest margin income, that means the spread between the longer-term yields and the shorter-term yields. That means, i.e., uh, banks get to actually, how to put it away, they tend to actually land out at a higher interest rate that means this is their we call it interest income will tend to actually increase mm. uh, yeah, in this such environment. But we've got to be very cautious over here because if you look at the current situation right now, right, we are still pointing to this kind of peak growth scenario because we, if you look at the global uh, PMI data for manufacturing to services on average across the globe, uh, we start to see like last year's uh, figures. I mean, uh, figures start to plateau off uh, since the start of this year. And if you look at uh, various uh, key European economies like Germany, last uh, week they actually showed a pretty much uh, disappointing factory orders from there. So what we could see right over here is that it's a scenario where we start to see growth start to slow down without any liquidity drivers that is actually supporting global economic growth. So that uh, in the longer term could actually hamper uh, banks' earnings because if you look at uh, from a standpoint perspective that if growth will start to slow, there's a risk that default rate on you know the existing loan book, loan, loan book of uh, traditional banks will tend to actually uh, increase as well. But uh, on the other hand, if you look at various banks that have a portfolio, a significant portfolio of trading, like for example, uh, we talk about certain US investment banks like Goldman Sachs, mm-hmm. they tend to benefit more in such a volatile environment. So it's pretty much interesting to see Yes, we have the Q3 numbers coming up this week, but also what is their forward guidance like from the top, top management in such a, a, a macro environment in the next three to six months? Okay, so maybe some short-term gain for banks if you see rising bond yields as an incentive or some upside there. What about the losers? We've heard a lot about supply chain issues and whatnot. Would that be something to look out for in this earnings season? Yeah, so if you were to look for various uh, losers over here will be potentially uh, one of the sectors that is, tends to actually uh, not benefit in terms of rising yields will be REITs, which is the U.S. real estate. So the real estate sector in U.S. comprises our close about 80% courses of REITs. So that could actually eat into their, we call it dividend yield, uh, they call it their REITs, although their dividend yield, because uh, treasury yield and dividend yield for REITs are actually a substitute asset or computing asset. Mm. So what we could see over here is that uh, kind of a riskless instrument like the treasury bonds uh, start to show much more increase in return that could actually shift away uh, capital inflows or capital allocation into uh, US REITs. So definitely on top of that, uh, we've also got to be mindful of, let's say, for example, consumer stables as well because consumer stables uh, is actually related to more of an inflationary risk impact and the one that also have a higher yield, higher yield negatively correlated will be the US technology sector. Mm-hmm. Okay, so banks could be in favour but watch out for the other sectors like REITs, consumer staples and some of the tech stocks as well. In returning with Kelvin Wong, he is an analyst at CMC Markets. Kelvin, thank you so much for your time today. 
My pleasure, Brian. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.